Halli, hallo. Hallo. Hi. Welcome to Uwe Ball, Raw USA. How are you, Uwe Ball? Yeah, we had a, 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 a tough week here behind us. Uh, I had to go to the uh, neurologist, like, you know, like I had like a, you know, that when some muscles twitching, yeah. like kind of, yeah. So I had that on my arm and they had to totally check me out like that it's not like a, uh, like a horrible, uh, <laughs> you can have like ALS, you know, what Stephen Hawkins had, like if you oh, have, God. yeah, but most of the people, of course, don't have it. It's just a, a thing of like a nervous situation, whatever. <clears throat> and for a while, because I had to wait for the appointment and then the guy made me really like, made me scared basically, you know? And <clears throat> so I felt like, uh, burnout syndromes, you know, like when you feel like it's, it's, uh, uh, you have this kind of stomach feeling that you feel bad about and scared about everything. And yeah. I don't know if you ever had that, but, uh, I had it. And so then you, it's like where you just, it's like one thing after the other, after the other, and you're burned out and you're like, uh, you your emotional reaction is is worse because of this is that what it is yes it's it's this kind of like and i had like i talked today to my dp matthias neumann we went together with with dog and he had a full-on burnout one time and he said it's just it he never stopped thinking about worst case scenarios you know like it he's never could stop thinking about something bad will happen and uh and I was almost having the same, but I, I really did a hard cut this week in regards of um, not sitting so long on my computer, not thinking about the end of the world, not thinking about why I don't get money for more, more movies, whatever. I distracted me because Matthias told me also like for 25 years, in a way, I made a big career, but I had a lot, a lot of stress and pressure and problems. And a lot of rejections and so on. And he said he was surprised that I never was in all that years in that situation. That you feel like, fuck. You know, so this kind of what will happen if I break down dead? What will happen if I have a super deadly uh, 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 sickness and I'm gone or whatever? Like, you know, like all that kind of questions came boiling up and you did I slept so bad and everything and then it really distracted me and was a lot of times just walking outside with the dog and uh, uh, you know and also not watching necessarily uh, horror films or whatever watching something what is a little lighter and just distract my brain and I feel already and, and breathing and stuff so I feel already way better uh, based on this and also my twitching went slowly it's still there but it did it didn't uh, it didn't get worse it got it, it's less intense yeah and uh <clears throat> because i do some like gymnastic and stuff like this you know stretching and uh, and stuff and at the same time walter got vaccinated on monday uh, for but not for corona it was hepatitis and and tick bites and then he got really sick like on tuesday till oh, today no. Not in school, he got his throat up, he had diarrhea, he had 
fever. And um, <clears throat> we did yesterday a PCR test. I still wait for the results to find really out if it's Omicron or if it's just the flu. But a good buddy of him who was with him at the same birthday uh, show, uh, birthday thing in a, like a playland kind of thing uh, last Saturday. And his buddy is also the whole week sick. Wow. So, I mean, the good news is he feels better today. But it's not so easy to go through a week where the, where the kid is sick, doesn't go to school, and you feel like you're dead. <laughs> so you have to basically uh, dig yourself out of the hole. Uh, I mean, you had very, very stressful moments, I remember, for yourself. You know, relocation from Salt Lake City and, and, and. I mean, you went to a lot of shit too and losing the job there at, at the Universal thing and so on. Yeah, so, you know, it, I understand what you're going through. And all I can say is when you are depressed, when all of the stresses of life catch up with you, you can't always tell that you're depressed. It's hard to tell because there's different severities of depression. Like when I went through what I went through, when I moved here and I got divorced and all this crazy shit just happened, COVID, everything at once. When that happened to me, I was so depressed and I didn't even realize. I, like when you're that deep in it, it's hard to see outside. And it sucks because we live kind of in a society where um, I think that people say, people are all about like, yeah, mental health, mental health. I'm, I'm all for advocating for mental health. But a lot of people don't understand it until it's actually experienced. They've experienced it or it's happened to them. People don't really comprehend how, how, what the severity of how it affects your life. So I, 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 I empathize with you. And all I can say is, yes, watch things that make you happy. Like, that's why I watch the Police Academy movies or bad movies like Ghoulies 4. I watch them because even though they're terrible, they make me laugh. And it's like I could I could watch those super serious films and be stuck in reality like we're all going to die at any moment. But that doom and gloom is so tough to live in 24-7. And you are this hyper-realistic director who um, – you encompass and capture those moments in your films. And without, <clears throat> vent, without the vent of you being able to make these films, I can imagine that it must be frustrating. You know, you get your thoughts out in your art. Mm. No, no, I know. And it's like, I'm, I'm more the guy for the depressing movies and, and the harder movies and colder movies and stuff, you know? And then it's, it's actually, uh, I like stand-up, for example. Yeah. You know, like on Netflix or whatever, I watch that stand-up com uh, comedians, even if they mostly talk about the end of the world, but it's funny still. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but if you watch every day, don't look up, you just don't feel sorry. You know, like, I mean, if you watch Don't Look Up and things about the earth and the global warming and everything, then you don't even feel that were that life is worse to live because you feel like it's over you know it's this kind of it drags you down all the negativity every day every day yeah. drags you down and uh, uh 
wherever you look, you know, you see corruption, you see violence, you see wars and genocides and fucked up things like the Ukraine situation now, that the earth boils over, then how slow uh, um, the climate change get actually attacked and, 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 and. so it's like, if you inhale it every day, at one point, it has an impact. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, you know, at one point, you cannot talk it down. You cannot see it just as, as a cynical joke and make jokes about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, at, at one, one point, it all turns to tears because this is fucked up. I agree. Yeah. You know, it's this kind of like uh, 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 slowly you feel that it all goes in the wrong direction and then it drags you down. And then you have to say, no, but right now we can have a, live, a life. We can enjoy things and uh go on little holidays or whatever like being like for example i uh, there is one week school off in february uh and they spontaneously booked us to fly to the uh canarian islands it's it's like on the side of morocco uh so it's warm there and it's beach and i just uh, booked it to what we normally never do because i got a dog sitter basically she has time to do that week here living in the house with our dog uh and um yeah and then just spontaneously uh even walter and natalie were totally happy about it and they said look we just fly it's four hours to fly and we just fly away for for seven days and and just do something completely different as our normal day and just like hanging out at a fucking beach and yeah. coming down, you know like coming down at one point because i'm always on i always work on projects i always send some stuff around and always uh, uh, move forward and uh, try to get things done. And then you, you file for a subsidy thing or you send something to Netflix or you do this and this and this and this. And it's like, of course, so much negativity about it because of most of the stuff don't pay out, don't of the stuff don't happen, whatever. But um, I have to make me free from it. You know, when something happens, it happens. If, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And it's also not the end of the world if we never do Postal 2, as an example, right? Yeah. Look at our, uh, uh, with Blood Rain, the thing we, we, we're not allowed to talk about too much about it. But uh, of course, you think, okay, what's happening now? You know, why, why we don't move with something forward? So, but I hope... Uh, uh, that soon something will happen and then we can yeah, we're working yeah we work we're working on it but but you know but that, that is the thing where you feel like this kind of um uh, we do things very quickly we move things along whatever and then comes always this this stop signs you know and things falling I, apart in the last time in last moment or whatsoever i mean that happened you know when i first started working on uh, not with on films with you. When I first started having any capacity behind the scenes, uh, I we, there's a lot of stuff that I helped develop that didn't make it or got rejected or got altered dra dramatically. And when I first started doing this, this was like over a decade ago. Now, I was really upset. It really used to get to me. It used to bother me when stuff used to get shelved. We would get right to the end, like that Chinese one with the Chinese investors. Remember that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. They, oh, yeah. Yeah. They refused to say at the end 
what it is that we we developed this great thing and then in the end the chinese are so in there it's a different culture they're so notorious for not telling you exactly what it is they want changed for example you can't have god in the script and other things but i was so upset i was i punched a hole in the wall in my bathroom <laughs> i was upset and i realized now in time after doing this so long and so many fucking rejections that that's just how it is that even <clears throat> with this platform even with you know with this great with uber ball with all that it's still incredibly fucking hard to get a movie funded and if we put our we can't put this so important ahead of our own lives that it cannibalizes our own life like I'm sure that that was stressful for my ex-wife. I'm sure that, you know, I mean, now I'm divorced and I have to say, you know, it's not worth it. Like, it's just in the end, a movie. Yeah, money is not there and it sucks that I'm not super rich, but I got to just keep trying and hoping that one day we'll get lucky again and something will happen. Because if I, if I let it interfere with the progression of my own life, um, what am I living for? You know? No, totally. And I, and, but I think also we have to see also the positive uh, things. For example, we do the podcast. Yeah. We do, uh, we do Wolfball Raw. I do my podcast with, with Kai Blas back in Germany. So yeah. people listen to it. It's not that nobody listens to it. You know, like a few hundred, sometimes a few thousand, whatever yeah. people listen to it. I'm not, gain... doing this. I'm not doing this for fame. I'm doing this because uh, even the movie stuff, obviously, I'm not making very much money. I'm doing this because I love this. I love being involved in making movies. I love telling stories. And even though I'm not like the face of this all, I love being involved in this. And it, it, it's like the money is is great. I love to get the money. But I, it's like you have to really love what you do. I had a friend who was a musician who said, if I don't make it big in six years, I'm, I quit. And then he fucking quits in six years. How much did he really love making music? Cause like, I, 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 it's been like a decade, like I said, it's been a good decade and we're still struggling. It sucks, but I'm not giving up. And uh, at the same time, it's, I can't let it consume me. So it's a very fucking slippery slope, very careful balance. Yeah. No, but that is the thing. It's like I think also uh, uh, with all with all the the frustration in between, we also have to see the positive things. And uh, yeah. you know, I and, love and, what we do. I love the podcast. I think it's great, and I love that we have a true voice. I love that we can do what we want on our own time. And you know, fuck people if they don't understand, then fuck them. We do it for ourselves. We do it for enrichment. You know what I mean? No, I totally agree. And it's it's enjoyable because for example for me it's also interesting to talk to a to a Kai Blasberg two times a week and we do it two times a week or whatever, but we yeah. talk about totally different things from totally yeah. different perspectives. What what I think uh, uh, is is actually very helpful, you know. And uh, yeah, it's refreshing. It's a it's a it's refreshing, I agree. Yeah. So no, no. I mean that that is the thing. But that was only like part of the week, and uh, um, I I hope next week I dig myself out of my like little uh, 
mental hole, basically, you know. Uh, and I'm telling you, do Police Academy Four. Put on Police Academy Four. <clears throat> yeah, they had, all the rights are gone, as you know. You know, so it's not like you can do this. Like there are the rights you you cannot. A guy, a guy emailed me uh, yesterday. He said, "Do do them from the Marvel Universe Scarecrow." You know the Scarecrow person. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. DC or Marvel, and I said, "Yeah, I mean." What is what is an email like this uh, brings? You yeah. think I get Marvel rights? I mean, look at that. They're working their comic books and their rights uh, to the to the extreme. They're trying to create franchises, whatever. So that is totally unrealistic. It's total bullshit. It will never happen, right? So, but I think uh, uh, important is. To see with with emails like this that there are still people that think Overball should make more films. Oh yeah, if you, you know otherwise, Twitter, there's come... tons of them. Yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, and uh, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Search I... through Twitter. Type your name in Twitter in the search field, and you'll see people saying, "Even if the movies are bad, I'll always see a movie if it has Uva Ball's name on it." Uva Ball's name will always get me to watch the movie because it's always interesting. So even if people complain, they secretly like the shit. You know what I mean? No, true. And I had the same here. I had a, a a podcast. I was not on it, but people sent me the link and they watched the Hanau film. And oh. they they were like, they got it from the distributor or whatever as a press screen or whatever. And the guy, the best line of the review, the review was pro and con. They think the fiction part is very good. The end part where I'm in her now, like I'm, I have in the end, similar what I did with Auschwitz, whatever, like a 10 to 12 yeah. minutes uh, doku part in the end, and uh, uh, where I'm actually in her now where everything happened. And he felt that was not good. That didn't fit in. And um, I emailed back and said uh, that, think about all the people that have no clue what her now is. In, the, yeah. in other countries, for example, right? So I said, I felt good. And I felt that you have to show that what you just showed happened for real in standing in front of the real uh, uh, shisha bars where the shooting was, because in front of them are all this kind of uh, the victims' uh, uh, photos. Uh, with, so that I, I think it, it gets a little more... Um, yeah, it's hard to say, but but it it gets you more if you yeah. see in the end of the film that is actually real, that actually happened, and it happened right there where, where I'm standing. And I felt that is maybe not bad to put put on. Of course, in Germany, everybody knows what happened there, but I felt also my films a lot of times are shown worldwide, and I felt it's better to put that in. And, uh, okay, so... But he said, and that was the best line he said in the review, he said, <clears throat> but I would totally recommend the film because Uwe Boll is one of the few directors who totally don't tell stories always only as you used to get it. So he said, like, he thinks it's good that I made so many totally different films you cannot compare to other films. And I yeah. think that was very positive thing and similar to what you said about the Twitter thing. 
I'm not a director who's delivering the typical film. Yeah. And I think that is a big compliment because there are too many directors who are believable, totally exchangeable, where you think it doesn't matter who directed that film. They would, there are like thousand directors, they always deliver exactly the same shit, whatever they do, that they, but they don't have their own, uh, their own handwriting in a way. And I think I like that, that at least some people see that as a good thing. As a yeah, good thing. something but different. It is. Thing. You know, yeah. so, yeah. And I felt that, I felt that good. It's only, it's, it's too bad that we don't have enough uh, producers or studios or streamers who want exactly this. Well, you the know? people need to make the voices heard. The people need to let the studios know that they're getting fucking sick of all of the movies that are being decided like uh, a round table of writers and, and executives get together and then they say, how can we maximize our profits and get through to the maximum demographic? How can we make this as harmless as possible to appeal to everybody worldwide? Like those are the thoughts they think before a good story or something that's unique or creative. Oh, scheiße. Uh-oh. You're still there. Okay, good. I thought I clicked you away. No, no. no, no. <laughs> I just stopped because it's true. Yeah. It's like yeah. it, right now, yeah. all the movies, people just, people keep supporting this shit. They keep supporting the Marvel, the Batman, all this shit. We're getting the same stories recycled over and over, and it's boring as fuck. You know what I mean? I'm fucking sick of it already. So. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I think it's it's a good thing to see different uh, different directors making different kind of films, different styles. You know, that is, for example, take Spike Lee. Yeah, you know, so I, I love think, Spike Lee. Yeah, yeah. So I think also, like you know, it's I could not watch always films made like Spike Lee style, but when you see a Spike Lee film, uh, you totally recognize him. You know, he has a few things. He, he always tells totally different as anybody else and whatever, that, that kind of skateboard shots where people just, they don't walk, but they're moving and stuff like this. But but he has this kind of uh, uh, tricks under his head and he, uh, uh, and he also developed as a filmmaker, I feel. Uh, you know, that Vietnam War film, what he did for, for uh, Netflix, that was overall a good film. It was an interesting film. You know, and and uh, so and I, I see that as important. And right now we have, I mean, I couldn't tell you the difference between all that superhero films who yeah. directed them. I could not take tell you the difference. For me, like the J.J. Abrams, whatever. Uh, I mean, he's a big name, but in a way, uh, a, a lot of these people have no uh, uh, own um, style. Yeah, it's basically just like they hire a different cinematographer to get slightly different visual, like it looks a little tiny bit different, maybe like a different filter or something where they shoot it from a different angle. But all in all, you're right. They all feel like the same TV show, just different episodes of the same TV show. The stylistically, they blend, they blend together. And then after a while, you think you're just watching the same movie, like part 20 fucking that's boring as hell dude and, and yeah. there's no real stakes there's no stakes like fucking 
They can bring anybody back now because there's a fucking alternate universes. They're like, oh, Iron Man's dead. Well, he's alive in an alternate universe. That's lazy writing. That's like any fucking logic can be now uh, explained away. Anybody can come back from the dead at any time because the other universe opened up. That's so fucking lazy. Yeah, I totally agree. And people uh, like you think they're finding that all with that with that Avengers or whatever. What I always uh, hated was this kind of they make it bigger and bigger and bigger, but and then they say, "Oh, finally, this guy's dead. Finally, that guy's dead." But then they always bring them back. Yeah. Always, then it's just like there's not dead forever and, and Iron Man is gone forever. No, he's just then still in Spider-Man still existing. Even well, if he died. Fucking shit like, you know, there's a black female Iron Man coming. Like they're rebooting all the same characters as women. And it's that's so fucking boring too. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, totally. And that is the thing. I don't really care about all that films and about what they're doing. I don't I don't really care. And uh, um, I, that's I, why I, you should make a satire of superhero films. You should make a Blubberella sequel where she has a fucking superhero team, like yeah, Anorexic Man or something. No, like. Not trauma. <laughs> if oh. you're just somebody who wants to show something for real, you need money to do it. Yeah. You know, that not is the same. Level, I you. you can't make fun out of stuff if you have basically no budget at all. Yeah. And and that is the thing. It's like it's that doesn't work. So for we have no other choice in the times like today as to develop things and to pitch them and to maybe try to get an actor for it. And then to have an actor and then moving forward and pitching it and saying that is it, you want to buy that, you want to finance that, whatever. So that that is that is the only chance in in the world right now, because there is nothing you can gain in making a film and then hoping that somebody picks it up for enormous amounts of money. That works only sometimes, you know, like you have this whatever Sundance Film Festival right now and Coda, I never watched the film, but got snapped up by Apple for 25 million bucks last year. There. And Coda is 100% the film what was shot for 5 million bucks. But that kind of films are on purpose hyped up. You know, they, they, they have agents. They have like Endeavor behind them. William Morris. Them. They have some actors, super hot actors everybody wants right now behind it. If you just shoot a film, it's a good film, but you have whatever, Michael Perry and Clint Howard, you're fucked. You know, it will not, never happen. You get a shitty DVD deal and you're done. Yeah, and, no, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that is why I don't do this, you know, because I don't want to, like, uh, <clears throat> frustrate myself even more as it's necessary. You remember I used to go to Sundance sometimes back when I lived in Utah, and you're right. Like, most of the movies there, their idea of a low-budget film is, like, a $20 million, $80 million film. Like, they had Little Miss Sunshine by Fox Searchlight. Now, yeah. that's like fucking. Since when is Fox like the, the? It's just like the illusion of an indie. Everybody who was there, and it's a great place to talk to. You know, all the execs and all the actors. That's really cool. You drink some wine, but at the end of the day, if you just like what you said, if the movie doesn't have a star that appeals to the fucking people on their little board, the people who are all stuck up. If you don't have a star or some sort of an art house gimmick, 
uh, you know, you're not going to get in Sundance. Uh, like real independents go to Slamdance or somewhere else because it's all for show. It's like all they the big boys. Yeah. They passed on Hano. They passed on Dafur. They Did never they? took a film from mine. Yeah. And like the Berlin Film Festival starts in two weeks. They have nine different sections where they could show films. And one section is German political movies. They passed on Hano. Oh, wow. I have a private financed film about the German terror attack uh, existing. They passed on it because they don't want me. Right? That's so, such fucking bullshit. That's such bullshit. Yeah, I know, but that is the, the, the world I'm living in, so that is the reason I'm just not doing anything anymore at all. Uh, I will not shoot a film where I don't have at least one deal standing. Okay. You know, where I, where I know I have a crystal clear uh, distribution uh, away here for the film, and I know I can get that money back. Well, and there have... is underground cinema, and if you guys out there are into indie film, let people know about Hanau out there because this movie, the, the, there's a lot of people trying to oppress worldwide this film and you from seeing this film. So if you've supported avant-garde cinema or edgy shit in the past or you're curious, watch the film, rent the film, tell your friends, do it because – it's like we don't have the advertising budget you know, to, to, to go worldwide and like but to... yeah you have to go okay wait he'll be back <laughs> yeah, that was my other that was my other hope that some directors have big fans with a lot of money and I never you know, I never had like fans with a lot of money, and I would have one big fan in the studio or in the in the uh, streamer. You know, who said I want another Uwe Ball film, and I will support him that we get it done. You know, and uh, that that was where I waited all that years, or a guy from a big agency, or just the super rich guy. You know, so I mean, why did it never happen that whatever Jeff Bezos? were on the couch zapping and watched Postal and said that was so great, I want the second part. Or, oh, in the name of the king, I like like this stuff, let's make a TV show out of it. It never happened. And and other people have that various times in their life. You know? So You know what uh, I think is going to happen? I think this is what's going to happen in the future. I mean, this is sad to say, but I think at some point everybody is going to get really tired and burnt out on the same old shit that's being regurgitated and they're going to look back and the movies that you've made will withstand the test of time because they're different. It's like there's so many movies that were bombs when they first came out that now 20 years later people are loving and like treating like they were hits. Like I saw people posting positively about David Lynch's Dune just because of it being different than, even though it is a sci-fi blockbuster, movies that are different or movies that stand out seem to withstand the test of time. And your films, half of them have something to say that's important, and the other half are pure popcorn, like just entertainment yeah. drive-in films, you know? I think that they both will withstand the test of time. Because even the drive-in stuff is different than the other. Like a typical genre film is not like an Uwe Ball genre film. True. That is the thing. It's it's like, uh, 
you know, and I, it's tough for me to say, you know, it's like when you see like Eli Ross. Yeah. He made. He used to work at Troma. He used to work at Troma. I want you to know that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but think about it. He started his career basically at the same time where I started my career with House of the Dead. And he okay. had Kevin Fever. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Fever was a little more successful as House of the Dead. Not a lot, a little, like a few million bucks more box office. Right? But since then, he had protégés. He had like, he had people, they put him under their umbrella. Quentin Tarantino, big agencies, Lionsgate. And he always found a studio financing his next film. I never, never. It never happened. You see, Lionsgate, even if they did House of the Dead and Alone in the Dark for the distributors, they never offered me any money to make a film or anything. Never. And that is, that is of course, very, very disappointing, you yes. know. So, uh, uh, and, but on the other hand, you know, it's this kind of like, uh, uh, fuck it. We still keep going. Yeah, of course. You know, no. we've been still trying to make video game films still. We don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. We just yeah. have to keep doing And see, and because it, it's only, let's say, the fan is only one viewing away. Or the big star, like Ryan Reynolds, he would love Postal. Yeah. Look at that pool. He has exactly that humor. Or George Clooney has very big, a lot of humor. They would love Postal, but I'm sure they never watched it. If they would watch Post, they would say that is the funniest thing I ever saw in the last 20 years. So why that guy or the, the South, uh, or the Seth MacFarlane from Family Guy or the South Park people, if they would watch Postal, they would contact me and say, let's do another one. It, it, but but I don't know how to make them watch it, right? So, but because there is nothing you can compare to Postal. And that is the thing, what I, what I don't get is like, I, we just need one time that lucky viewer, the lucky draw who says like oh that was great but we should do we should get something going you know and i made so many films like where you could say okay a sound on wall street how how this guy what is doing after let's 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 uh, uh let, let's do it you know let's let's do assault on wall street too i want to do assault too i really do oh yeah, yeah. i wish that people would fucking make their voices heard demand this shit you know support the product yeah you know people just uh, think that they don't understand how movies are made they don't understand how hard it is to get them made so they just kind of sit back and passively wait and hope that it gets made but nobody you know people don't realize that when they don't buy it or rent it or or and when they talk negatively about it they're they're kind of setting off dominoes that you know hurt the reputation of us making any more films because it really is based on hearsay it's not based on most people haven't even seen the films but they've read these articles saying the films are terrible so they can't be bothered if you really love films you will watch the movie anyway regardless of what the critics say what you've read actually watch the film not just read a review and think you've seen the film make up your own mind and don't be such a sheep to just be like, okay, it must suck because like this person said so. No, be be strong enough to stand up for what you like if you like it. Look at me. 
I love Alone in the Dark, for example. And you were surprised when I told you that the first time. But I'm not ashamed of that shit. You know, I, I have my reasons. It's my taste. And it's all subjective. So everybody being like, all Uva Ball films are terrible because it's Uva Ball. That's such a fucking weak, sheeple, like, mindset. Are you a fucking human being with a brain or are you just a copy of a copy of a copy? Yeah, that is the same. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what else we have new, basically? So, uh... oh, wait, wait, wait. I want to talk about one thing and then yeah. you can take over real quick. I got a message from my friend in the Ukraine, Svetoslav Sobolevsky. He helped me work on the asset art for Uva Ball Raw. He is technically the artist who drew the Uncle Sam picture. He lives, oh, okay. Yeah. He lives in the Ukraine. And he wrote me a message in the middle of the night saying that things are getting serious over there and that they're at the last minute and the U.S. needs to let people know the severity of this situation that they're in because he feels like the news is not is not showing how bad it is over there. And he says that the U.S., like, the people need to demand that something is done because right now what's holding up the U.S. from doing anything is bullshit politics. He said that the U.S. is or need to fucking do something and stop being uh, held back by policies because the Ukraine is in serious trouble. He's upset. So I, he, I told him I would say something about it on the show. And, you know, I hope that he's okay. Yeah. No, it's good. And, and uh, I mean, they, they have, uh, uh, they have fear. Yeah. You know, it's for us, think about, you would have an army standing in front of uh, your country ready to march in. Mm. You know? I know. So, yeah. yeah, that is a catastrophic disaster. And it's fucked up because he's a good guy. He's just like us, you know? It's not just some person in a third world country. He's he's in a, 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 a normal country with a normal neighborhood, but there's going to be deaths. And he could be one of them for all we know because he's he's not the kind of person to sit by and let someone invade his country and go against his beliefs. You know what I mean? I, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to stand up and get killed because they're like, fuck you, get out of here. You know, U.S. needs to stop Russia from invading. It's just going to create deaths. And they're Russian deaths. It sucks. Yeah. No, it's... it's. Uh, I mean, they're sitting right now in... Uh, 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 nah. Um, what is they it? Still, they're still on the border, right? They're still on the border. Yeah, and, and having and... some kind of talks today, I read. No, I know the Germans were there and and whatever. But the reality, uh, wait, I have to call a number during we talk because the the Corona test is ready to go from Walter, so I can check it during we talk if he had Omicron. Uh oh. Okay. Well, if so, he did, at least he's feeling better now. So, yeah. Guys, everybody Wait. here, I want you all to 
you know, read the news. Let's hope that the situation in the Ukraine can be resolved. Let's take this seriously for the fact that we're all humans on this planet. Uh, okay. War is bad. War is no good. I'm in, the, I'm in the waiting zone, so it's totally bullshit. I totally don't get it here. Why I need to call to get my online befund? Uh oh, maybe because it's it's positive. I don't know. Wait. It's totally stupid. I never had that that you have to. But uh, well, maybe have to put the app on my. On my phone, my phone. Now, yeah, we will not uh, learn that here now. It takes too long. Like, and I cannot like say forever on the line. Now, yeah, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, I hope also that the Ukraine digs themselves out of it and we can move on with a normal life, you know. Okay, so let's finish it for today. I will we'll WhatsApp you when we can do the next one. And we we go from there. All right, guys. Go to uvaballrawusa.com and make sure that you support the films from Dr. Uva Ball. This is your co-host, Gary Otto and Uva Ball signing out. We'll see you next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, guys.